fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 What's up, dude? Oh, you know, how know. are you? I know. It's Tuesday, January 25th, 2011, episode 54 of the Hotbox. Moving is. right along. Show is in English. I'm sorry. If you speak another language, learn English. Yeah, I can't do the whole show in no. Spanish. I will sign you the whole show. Muy piquito espanol. Awesome. Every Tuesday, Saturday, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. Watch us. Join us as we record these, and post them on the website. And you can call us 406-204-4687 or Skype the Jam Hole, all one word, all lowercase. So, tonight is the State of the Union. Yes, it is. You know what I say? Screw that. This is the State of the Hot Box. Yes. You know, you're going to go and you're going to watch it, and it's going to be the same old crap he says every time. We, we're, we really need to make more jobs. We really need to, to buckle down and focus on what needs to be done. No shit. That's, we, thank you. We're thank trying. you for yeah. addressing the whole nation and telling us um, that we need to, to get work done. We're kind of screwed, but Actually, hopefully if, we'll work past that. If someone is, is anyone at the State of the Union right now watching this, <laughs> if you can just raise your hand and be like, yo... Yo, Obama, yo, Obama, yo, B, can you reschedule marijuana for us? Because that would make a bunch more jobs and open up a bunch of industry and really just dig us out of this big giant pile of dookie uh, you and your fellow uh, presidents have created for us. So if you could just do that, that would be awesome. No hable espanol. I apologize. Lo siento. <coughs> So yeah, let's just uh, let's let's get that done, move forward. Uh, if you notice, hotboxpodcast.com got a couple episodes with a little show notes for you. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. I I can't look at it anymore and and see it so bare and empty. We have this whole whole awesome system, and I was like, you know what? I need to write more. I need to practice writing more. And I was like, where could I do that? Ah, there. I could do it right there. So I'm gonna do that. And, uh, yeah, you can read, you can follow along with the show, just like the other show, uh, if you're listening to the episode, and it just goes kind of right down the line. So, you can see the news stories, you can uh, click them, read them, uh, see pictures that are posted, sometimes there's video that goes with the news stories that we don't really care to play, uh, you can see all that stuff. So, there you go, follow us on Twitter, join the Facebook group, of course. Uh, so, what do we have uh, on the plate first? Oh, um, well, so Burger, we're going to start this out and we may have to stop if um, we have a guest call in. Right, because we might have a warning. We might have an interview. We're supposed to have an interview scheduled today with uh, yes. Mason Tavert of, of uh, Safer. So hopefully he'll hop on here and uh, get a hold of us. But until that... Uh, um, yeah, you can email info at hotboxpodcast.com and send us stories from where you live and we will discuss them. Yes. And Berger did that. Yes. And he's from Michigan. Michigan has a medical marijuana 
law in effect, but I don't think anyone's actually gotten the medicine yet, have they? No, they're being all weird and picky about stuff. But um, the story Burger sent us actually wasn't even about his state. Oh, really? It was about ours. Oh, hey, back off, buddy. <laughs> well, that's um, cool. What's, uh, what's going on in the great state of Montana? Well, th- the story he sent us was about House Bill 33, which was an attempt at keeping impaired drivers off the road i.e. those dangerous medical marijuana users. I thought we addressed this on uh, last episode. We we did discuss this a teensy bit on the can... last episode. And actually, <clears throat> um, today on, um, on my Facebook, I noticed uh, one of my friends, or a couple of them, posted the story that um, that bill actually failed. Oh, well, that's good to yeah, know because so... it was a ridiculous bill. We've said this... To recap, you can have marijuana in your system and not be impaired. Some people can even smoke marijuana and drive and be straight. Yeah, it just it you depends. Have, yeah, it depends on the person. Yeah, and you need to be responsible and know if you are okay to drive or not. Right. It's just like drinking. The responsibility lies in that person and those around them. Or taking your pain pills. The doctor right. says these might knock you on your behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, don't don't drive impaired. I mean, that's common sense. I think we all know that, right? Right. I know that. Montana Connect says Michigan is screwed. Well, that's the spirit. Sucks to be you, Michigan. Well, get we'll your see. shit together. Come on. What are you doing? Um, but a plan to issue DUIs for those under the influence of dangerous drugs was rejected Tuesday in a legislative committee amid concerns that there is no valid test for determining impairment. How about talk to the guy for a minute? It Does well, he seem impaired or what? Yeah, or maybe just pull over people that are swerving and driving erratically. There There's you go. A thought. There you I go. I mean, if they're not driving erratically, maybe they're not impaired. They're, wow. Wow. Re- that, there you go. Just a thought. Turn um, that into a letter and send it. The, the measure was a small piece of the drunken driving reform working through the legislator. Another much larger reform initiative that would require repeat offenders to undergo twice daily breath tests at their own expense was unanimously Uh, endorsed by the House Judiciary Committee Tuesday and will go to the full House. At their own expense. That's nice. So wait. Well, if you're going to be smart enough to get by behind the wheel and get pulled over for driving while intoxicated. Is that what that's for? Yeah. Okay. So that's. So it's people who have actually been proven that they were driving while intoxicated. If they're repeat offenders, they have to go in twice a day. Yeah, absolutely. Get a breathalyzer. I thought what that would maybe turn into is everyone with a medical marijuana card now has to do that. But if as long as it's legitimate. Yeah. They were drunk driving or they were driving while impaired or whatever. Yeah. But I don't want to see people that got pulled over because you smelled something and they were just fine even though they had, you know, THC in their system. I don't want to see those people getting in trouble. Exactly. Exactly. Um... Uh, The story goes on to say, but members of that panel from across the political spectrum opposed a plan to create offenses for driving under the influence of drugs. 
Opponents argued there is no valid blood test to prove who is impaired by drugs, such as the agent in marijuana that shows up in such a test. Someone can test positive for the substance long after impairment has worn off, and it is also possible for someone to be impaired before they even register on the blood test. The opponents argued that passing the proposed law could tangle up the courts with costly appeals. We don't have the scientific data to achieve the goal this bill is trying to do, said Representative Creighton Kearns, a conservative Laurel Republican. We are demanding things the scientific community cannot answer, which is exactly what we've said before. You can't have you can't pull somebody over. We can answer, but you don't you're not going to take blood of every every person you pull over. That's way invasive. You cannot do that. Well, you can't do that, but that's what they were hoping to do was that they could start testing all these people and if they had anything in their system no, then they're guilty. That's silly. Exactly. That's which completely is silly. Why it didn't pass. Thank goodness. Um Kearns, a favorite of ardent Tea Party supporters and vice chairman of the Judiciary Panel, has opposed some other aspects of the drug and driving reform. He argues much of it simply tries to do more of the same things by stiffening penalties and will lead to more expense without really solving the problem. But Kearns was among those endorsing the so-called 24-7 sobriety program being supported by Attorney General Steve Bullock, a Democrat. I do believe that hell is freezing over because I am a strong supporter su- because I am in strong support of Attorney General Bullock's bill here, Kern said. This is a right a step in the right direction. Supporters argue it will go a long way to making sure repeat offenders don't drink and the offenders themselves have to pay for the twice daily tests. A Senate committee on Tuesday was getting its first look at another part of the drunken driving reform that would require more training for workers who serve alcohol in bars and restaurants. DUI proposals in front of the legislator tackle the issue a variety of ways, including tougher penalties for those who are exceptionally drunk, more treatment options, additional monitoring for offenders, and a tougher stance against minors who drink. Dun, dun, dun. Well... You shouldn't be drinking and driving. Exactly. But in the same vein, alcohol affects people way differently than cannabis does. So. Alcohol makes people stupid. That it does. I don't know. I, I've i never seen anybody smoke a bowl and then like tear off their shirt and be like, dude, meet me outside. Yeah. We're going to settle this. It's not exactly yeah. like that. Usually people are pretty laid back, you know? chill they're fine absolutely and can i mention if you go into town here kalispell locally if you go to the wrap and roll by albertson's you can get hot box stickers there really yeah nice and people keep taking them and that's awesome that is and lots of lots of the (laughs) lots of the kalispell police go there and i just like to say howdy thank you for not pulling me over absolutely (laughs) Pull um, over the drunks. Oh, you know what? I also wanted to mention. Oh, please. We are, as of now, doing a live show on Saturday. <laughs> All right. From the Compassion Centers of Montana at 4865 Highway 2 West, Columbia Falls, Montana. Look forward to it. Yes. And the Compassion Centers of Montana is listed on weedmaps.com. Nice. Yes. So you can actually go on there and see a nice little sticky doodad where we're at. 
So is there room there for people to come watch this live show in person? Or is this like, what is that? Are we down with that? What? If you're local and you want to come watch this live show in person. Well, yeah. Are we, are we open to the public? Well, yeah, it's, you know, we're going to go ahead and let people in, but everyone needs to remember that we have to abide by state laws, so don't show up thinking that you're not a patient and you can light up and hang out. Right, right. That's not how it's going to go. Right. Because, Because yeah. the Kalispell police might be listening. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, that's that's not just it. We want to abide by the, the law. the law. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just just so you all know, we're going to abide by the law. Right. The law. The law of Matt. <laughs> so, uh, what's next on the list? Well, another another neat story that um, I came across when I was going through our emails is about how inefficient drug-sniffing dogs are. <laughs> really? Yes. I thought they were pretty uh, pretty on point. Uh, well, I've heard that not so much. I heard you cannot actually teach an old dog new tricks. And I have experienced that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so in, uh, in Gross, Point, Gross Point Woods, a high school student's family is suing the city's public safety department to release information about a November drug sweep in which dogs alerted officers to 16 vehicles in the school parking lot. Although no drugs were found there. Yeah, because everybody's <laughs> car smells like pot because they go out there to smoke it and then they leave. Of course, there's no it's drugs not there. there. They s- smoked it all. <laughs> the students. But att- thanks, buddy. Yeah, Here's right. a treat. The student's attorney <laughs> claims the Gross Point North high school student, named only as J. Doe, in court filings, was badgered by police to reveal where the drugs were hidden after a search of the car revealed nothing. I believe it's pronounced J. Dow. No, I think it's J. Doe. J. Doe? J. Doe. J. Like Doe. John Doe. Oh, <laughs> that's clever. Yeah. Right. Because he's a minor, you know, they got to protect their... Right, right them um police locked down the high school at 9 a.m on november 10th pulling students out of class for about two hours while more than a dozen drug dogs from several jurisdictions sniffed lockers the student parking lot and vehicles parked on nearby streets no drugs were found in any of the 16 vehicles searched in the student parking lot Although police found marijuana in a car parked on a street near the school, according to a memo sent by the city, the car's owner was arrested. The family of one of the students whose car was searched in the lot is seeking details about the sweep, including documentation of the dog's training. But attorney Gary M. Wilson said the city is withholding information. (laughs) The dogs hit positive on 16 vehicles, Wilson said. You know how many of those 16 hits turned out positive for drugs? Mm -hmm. Zero. Zero. My client was subjected to That's none of them. Right. Wow. Absolutely none. Wow. It's not a good uh, track record. No, those aren't good odds at all. If you were a baseball player and that was your average, your baseball card would be awful. I think those dogs may need to retire now. Right. (laughs) Time to put them down. Old yeller style. Right. Boy, give me the shotgun. (laughs) My client was subjected to being called a liar. Police were saying, tell us where the drugs are. We know you've got them. Public safety officials did not return phone calls seeking comment. 
Wilson, on December 23rd, filed a lawsuit in Wayne Circuit Court asking police officials to explain to a judge why they haven't complied with a request for information. The suit does not seek monetary damages other than attorney fees. No court date has been set. We just want information, Wilson said. When you get 16 false drug hits, it begs some questions. Who (laughs) trained those dogs? Hmm. When were they last trained? Hmm. But the city isn't giving up any of that information. Wilson would not identify the age, grade, or sex of his client, but said the student carries a 3.9 grade point average and is a multi-letter athlete. According to a memo sent out by Gross Point Woods Public Safety Director Alfred Fincham, the day of the sweep, the search was a proactive step conducted to promote and ensure a safe, drug-free environment for all students, staff, That's and right. visitors. You just need to actually see us out there. It's just like the whole TSA thing, that whole security theater. You just need to see that there's stuff happening and instantly you will feel say you'll feel much safer. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not really doing anything at all. Well, it's just that whole mental, yeah, it's Right. Mental and if thing. we had soldiers in the streets 24/7, everyone would be safer, right? Right. Of right. course. You can't Tanks do that. I'm sorry. And all that. Yeah. yeah. So, I I don't know. I just think it is there a problem? I mean, is was there another school shooting that you're no. blaming the pot? Like, so... They just did it for fun. Just for funsies? They wanted to see what was there. Small and town, maybe. And they a bunch of kids, and of course, nothing came of it. Well, so. check this out. If you worked for... If you were a SWAT team member, and your town, like, was just quiet, you would be so bored. You'd be like, I swear, one more simulation trainer, and I'm going to blow my brains out. Like, you want something to happen. So when they're like, hey, you want to go to the school and sniff cars? You're like, yeah! You got nothing else to do. Exactly. I wish they would do something else, but... No. It's more fun for them to see who they can interrogate and keeps them busy. Makes the day go by faster. Maybe in towns like that, you don't need a large force like that. Well, I even remember when I lived in Denver, I went to high school there for a little bit, and uh, we had a couple of times where they shut the school down to do the drug sniffing dogs and stuff, but this was also right after Columbine happened. Right. And I went to a high school right near that, so they kind of went into overprotective mode after that. So Even schools not in that state did that. Like, everybody freaked. (laughs) Everybody did. They're like, oh my God, if it could happen there, it can happen here. Maybe it's happening here right now. (gasps) But I was in the high school that was like right next to Columbine. I went to Broomfield, which is Mm. like near there. And it was pretty intense. We were locked down. Absolutely. Yes, Collier, you're live on the hotbox. What's up? Hey, this is Mason Tavert with Safer. Hey, Mason. How's it going, buddy? Going well. Sorry uh, for the delay. Hey, no worries, man. We were just discussing uh, some school drug dog raids that uh actually turned up absolutely nothing so we're uh, we're all finished <laughs> you are with a group called safer you want to let everyone know what you guys do real quick sure uh safer is a nonprofit organization based in colorado but works nationally to educate the public about the simple fact that marijuana is safer than alcohol and we advocate for laws and policies that reflect that fact that's amazing. So you guys would be on the side of rescheduling first and foremost. 
Um, I certainly think that uh, that would be great to see, but um, pragmatically, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So I, I don't think it's requisite to change the laws and policies that uh, we need to change here initially. But uh, I, I certainly support that and hope to see that. But I think that it that's just, going to come after other laws and not uh, before. Yeah, it seems like, though, that's what their go-to line is. Like, that's their defense for anything pro-pod. It's like, well, it's a Schedule One substance. So it just seemed like if that could get changed first, everything else would be way easier to, to get done. Do you think this is something that's more of a state-by-state thing? Absolutely. Um, I think I think it's critical to see local and state laws change first. Uh, once we do see a, enough state laws change, and, and in fact, once we see a single state law change, broader legalization or, or regulation, you gotta. You- uh, we'll start to see. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're, I was just going to say, you're kind of siloning there. Your signal's kind of cutting in and out. Are you, are you okay? So, now, Mason, I lived in Denver um, from about the time I was 16 till I was 22, and I was actually pretty surprised when I found out how far Denver has come in the movement as far as, you know, decriminalization and everything. Um, what would you suggest to a state like Montana to move in that direction. I mean, we have medical marijuana, but obviously everybody up here is scared to death of it. Um, I, I think Montana is headed in the right direction. Obviously, uh, things in Colorado are moving very fast, and, and that really uh, started around 2005 when our organization started here. I referred to the ballot measure that we ran here in 2005 that made it the first city to remove all penalties for adult possession. And since then, it's really exploded. We've run a statewide initiative, a lowest law enforcement priority initiative in Denver. And now, um, thanks to some uh, some very um, gutsy really getting involved in the dispensary uh, end of things, we now see a very, very uh, large system of dispensaries that has really opened the door to more discussion about this. And the decision here has changed from whether this is possible to how it's going to go because it's happening and I think Montana's on the way there. I mean, uh, Missoula passed a lowest law enforcement priority measure back uh, whenever that was, 2007, 2006. Um, and obviously it is a medical state, and hopefully we'll see uh, some 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 movement uh, towards a broader medical system there. But ultimately, you know, uh, one of the chief differences, along with the, the, ge- the geographical ones and, and the demographic ones, is that we really fostered a discussion in this state about the relative safety of marijuana and about the substance itself, you know, rather than just hammering on bad policy and saying it's a waste of resources or it's creating organized crime. We really focused on getting people to understand this is not a dangerous substance. And I don't think that conversation has really happened in Montana yet. I think it should. Well, and one of our downfalls, I think, up here is alcohol, unfortunately, is a staple of life. I mean, kids are allowed to hang out in bars. We just recently passed the law that says open containers in cars are illegal. And so a lot of people end up drinking and they just think marijuana is illegal and dangerous. So they bypass it as anything worthwhile at all. That's the whole mentality up here. I had a stepdad. Uh, I had a stepdad once from uh, Drummond, Montana, and he grew up real small time. And he would he would tell his kid and my little brother that he would rather, 
I'd rather see you boys drink than smoke because pot was, you know, an evil substance. And if you ask them why, they're like, well, because it's illegal. <laughs> like, okay, well. Well, that also explains why Montana has the highest fatality rates exactly. on our highways. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting yeah. way to, to approach it is if you can get everyone to understand that, look, it's a complete, like, there's nothing safer. They, nobody's ever been hurt. No one's ever been killed. Just show them that it's a safe substance, then they can change. Yeah, and if there is a lot of alcohol use up there, I think that lends more to the argument. In Colorado, you know, what you described is basically every state in the country outside of Utah. Um, alcohol is is incredibly popular, and it will continue to be regardless. Um, but when people are familiar with that, you can relate uh, to them by, by really talking about the fact that this is a similar substance in terms of why we use it and when and where we use it. And um, it, it really, it's a far safer substance and, and it gives people a frame of reference. So it's not just saying it's safe, but saying, listen, you understand alcohol and this is less harmful. Um, so, you know, Colorado is, is one of the, has some of the highest levels of drinking. We produce, um, you know, some of the, we have the most microbrews in the entire country. Coors is based here. Um, we are a state very known for its alcohol consumption. Now more and more, it's a state known for its marijuana stores on every corner. Yeah, I lived there during the uh, the university riots in, uh, I believe it was Fort Collins, when they were trying to ban drinking on campus. And people took a lot of offense to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I think it was just a year or two after that um, that we... We're in Fort Collins. When we first started, we were at the University of Colorado Boulder and, and Colorado State in Fort Collins and organizing students to run campus referenda saying we don't think the penalties for marijuana should be any greater than for alcohol. And those passed in both uh, in both cities very well and generated a whole lot of news coverage and a lot of people in those cities recognized, hey, we just saw these riots. We know, you know there were alcohol overdose deaths at those two schools. And now they're hearing in the news about students standing up and saying, listen, you know, if we'd rather use marijuana instead and not cause these problems, why is that a problem? And I think it's helped. We should all write some bills like that at, a, like, at the most local possible level up here and then just try to get it to fan out from well there. I think the hardest thing right now is just educating everyone because a lot of the politicians are very closed-minded even if you come to them with the information about how marijuana is safe they just don't see that connection because of the federal level of it right so how mason how did you guys get across that bridge of getting the people that are in charge of getting these bills up there getting them to actually see that look it's not a problem it's not dangerous like how do you do that oh i'll skype did we lose I think him? Mason, I think he's in a very busy place, and I think everyone's probably on the internet tweeting about the stupid State of the Union, and his internet just failed. It failed, Mason. Uh-oh. Turn your torrents off. <laughs> just kidding. Should we call him back? Is it better? Is it going to be fixed? Skype? Skype us? Well, I definitely hope that, you know, he can help us figure out how to educate people because that that um, he mentioned the thing in Missoula with it being a low priority. I actually have a story for tonight 
about how the county attorney is trying to change that and make it a higher priority. Mason, there we go. Are you back? Kind of. I am. All right, there we go. Okay, so we're basically just saying that you guys took care of that. You did that well. You got your, your state people educated. How would we go about doing that over here? Because they're really against it. Well, there's there's two general things that need to be done. Um, obviously, there's traditional education, you know, distributing information, um, getting the facts into people's hands. But then, uh, perhaps more importantly, and something that we've done very effectively, is getting into the news, uh, whether it's through the very simple means of, of op-eds and guest columns and stuff like that, but more importantly, generating news coverage that's framed around the message. And, you know, what What it comes down to it, when people are confronted with the facts, there's no way that they can argue. Very um, few people can, can try to argue that alcohol is safer once they hear that it contributes to more than 30,000 deaths a year based on use alone and marijuana contributes to zero. And so once you start getting in the news and getting this message out, it inspires discussion and debate. And you start seeing quotes from other people saying, ah, well, it is safer. You hear people talking about it with one another and maybe <laughs> there's a problem with this call. Yes, thank you, Skype. I see that. <laughs> Did we lose him again? Yeah, Skype's having oh, a problem. I don't know. Sense. It's not our bandwidth. Like, we're not dropping frames or anything on the feed. So I think the State of the Union is causing a Denver internet problem. <laughs> I have no more patience for... It's like talking to someone that has an iPhone. It just keeps cutting out because an iPhone can't hold a signal for save its life. And it's just very, very frustrating. But it's cool to have him on the show. I'd like to have, you know, have a, a conversation with him about this because oh, well, he's calling from a cell phone. Hello, Mason. There you go. Hey there, Mason. Hey, that'll work much better. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All okay. right, so now you were talking about getting the the good stories out there in the news and everything. Really quick, I have a question. We, um, unfortunately, up here, we deal with a very, oh, biased news system. Um, we don't have many newspapers that publish positive stories One, about... the beacons down. The, the rest of them... The beacon, that's a free paper, though. Well, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Um, but we also have people involved in the industry that help create very negative stories. And we are always trying to figure out how to battle those negative stories being the headlines. How do you handle the Jason Christ of Colorado, Mason? Uh, well, I don't know who that is, so I can't really speak to them particularly. But, uh, yeah, there's always going to be some, some people who are not savvy or are, in some senses, counterproductive. It's going to happen, and and, you know the best thing you can do is to try to get out there in front and establish yourself as someone who is speaking um, articulately and, and, and really uh, doing well and, and staying on a good message. You're never going to be able to keep uh, the bad things out of the news, but what you can try to do is inject yourself into those stories to see if you can have at least some role in them. And, uh, that, you know, it's not easy, especially when it comes to volunteer activists and people that have jobs and can't just sit around and monitor the news and contact, uh, reporters. It's not easy, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really about, uh, trying to establish yourselves with 
those folks. I mean, finding out what reporters at the newspapers are on uh, your local TV stations, who generally is handling these types of stories, letting them know this is an organization in town uh, working on this. You know, please use us as a source. Feel free to contact us when these things arise and making sure that they call you and not the other people. So you basically just go to anyone that's like a media outlet and just say, I am the Flathead Valley's medical marijuana expert. And then just let them um, have that. And obviously, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, part of it is, is how you do that. I mean, well, right. I think that, uh, you know, establishing yourself by whether it's through news releases. I mean, if you see a story that's out, um, you know, if, if maybe a story comes out that you don't like and you, you know, request the possibility to provide a guest column in response or an op-ed or a letter, uh, but then when you see that something's happening and you put out a press release and it's very well done, it's professional looking, and, you know, I mean, obviously having some sort of organization as opposed to just being an individual is, is quite helpful. Right. Um, but, you know, sending something out saying that uh, this group has a comment on that. And, you know, they start to learn. They, they, they may see it. They may ignore it. They may ignore it 30 times. But if the 31st time they are looking for someone to comment and, they know that you always have a comment. Um, they're going to ask you. Hmm. Just keep putting stuff in front of them. Repetition. Yeah, but, you know, uh, a good thing to keep in mind is, you know, uh, the saying is don't go to the well too often. Well, right. You know, you don't want to try it up so that they think you're a nuisance or they don't want to deal with you. I mean, really try to make sure that you're dealing with the important things and that it's not just... Uh, you know, willy-nilly response to anything that happens. But, you know, if right. there's a, a bust and, and someone gets in trouble, you know, putting out uh, a statement saying that this is unacceptable and is, needs to change and whatever, those types of things are certainly um, are certainly not frowned upon. That's kind of what we do on this show. We, we take the news stories and then we're like, here's our comment about this. Yeah. Huh. Well... So we could just send this podcast to... No. No. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that direction. Right. No. <laughs> um, so the other thing that we deal with a lot up here is we've got the moratoriums everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. The cities that are really scared and freaking out about the fact that there are dispensaries trying to come into town. So they push them out and then they freak out because there's all these dispensaries outside of town now. Right. And their whole go-to argument is the kids. Think about the kids. You're, you're endangering the kids. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's a bar and a casino like right across the street from the school in the park. You know, it's kind of silly. Sure. And I, I mean, obviously, you know, there are cities here in Colorado, including, uh, for example, Aurora, which is the third largest city in Colorado that has a ban on dispensaries. But what we're seeing is that uh, those cities with dispensaries um, have people that support them because they see them and they don't think they're a big deal. Uh, part of what needs to be done is, is, is education. I mean, letting, you know, whether it's Montana statistics or finding the Colorado statistics or, or another state, but Colorado's a good one, that show that... Uh, Areas with dispensaries don't see increased crime. They don't see increased problems. And, you know, it's real. They do see, and then also focusing on the benefits. Right. There's... The fact that, uh, that there is tax revenue and the fact that these empty retail outlets that are just, you know, really blight and, and ugly are now being taken up by businesses. And, 
you know, it's it's uh, obviously an argument that that can be made, and it needs to be made to the public. It needs to be made to uh, to to the local elected officials as well. Yeah, that's good because we have a lot of that up here too. Like all of those places down in Evergreen where those dispensaries open, like all those were abandoned buildings. Yeah, they because were. the places that were there went out of business because when when everything tanked here, you well, know. And we've also been trying to go to Helena with the statistics of how many jobs have been created right. in Montana as and well. how many more could be if they didn't make, you know, yeah. make it so difficult. Exactly. Um, I was really excited to see that um, we actually carry the book up here. Um, Marijuana is safer than alcohol. So why are we driving people to drink? <laughs> And I think that's a good educational point, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I certainly uh, you know, <laughs> encourage people to, to check that out. It's available for free online at scribs.com. Uh, and to, you know, as it says in the book, once you're finished, to give it to someone else and, and really get people to start thinking about it, you know, asking uh, parents or asking, you know, friends or, or coworkers or whatever, even if they're opposed to say, you know, listen, I mean, give this a read, and if you're willing to give this a read, and and ha- and then we can talk about this, and you can say that you still think marijuana must be illegal, then that's that's fine. But I mean, until you even find out about it, you, you really you can't make that argument. Yeah, and that's it's good to have tools like that. Like I think every state should have something like that that they can give out to people on a a large scale. You know. And like Berger says in the chat, most of where I live, he's in Michigan, uh, they have at least a six-month ban on marijuana dispensaries, and most of southwest Michigan have bans. Well, some states are harder than others. Yeah. It's it's like that. Well, cool, Mason. Hey, thanks for calling us back on a phone. I appreciate that. <laughs> thanks for contacting us. Yeah, absolutely. Us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You want to wanna plug anything else before you... I was simply, you know, going to say, you know, if there's anyone out there that is looking for information or uh, ideas on on how to get involved or, or some resources uh, to check out our website, it's just saferchoice.org. Uh, we are also we have uh, two particular projects that might be of interest. Uh, one is uh, the Safer Campuses Initiative, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, for any students uh, that might be interested, we are working with students to get this message out around their campuses. And we also have the Women's Marijuana Movement, which is a new effort to really get more women talking uh, and, and outwardly speaking about this subject uh, with other women, uh, because until we get more women on board, we're not going to see any significant changes. So right. uh, the website for that is simply womensmarijuanamovement.org. Awesome. Got to get the moms involved. Which I am getting a part. I am going to be a part of that. Absolutely. I'm going through that. Yay. The more moms involved, the better. Well, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thanks for the yeah, call, thanks man. Thanks so much, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll uh, talk to you later. Have a good night. Okay, thanks. You too. Mason to everyone. And that was saferchoice.org. <clears throat> awesome. Yes. It's a good idea. He's got some uh, good ideas. I like the direction there. Well, and I think that everybody definitely needs to look at the, that book, too, um, because it does have a lot of very, very good points and good statistics that, you know, really need to be looked at, especially in our state. I mean, when you think about it, where else can you hang out in a bar at the age of 10 watching everybody throwing back pictures while you're eating a pizza? 
You know? Yeah. I mean, alcohol has been around all of us our entire lives. Grew up with it. Yeah. It's always right there. Always. There's bars everywhere. Sometimes not for the best. No. (laughs) Lost a lot of cool stuff because of that. I have said I am never drinking again more times than probably I should have ever said in my life. (laughs) Ugh. But, you know, it's there and and it's it's comfortable for people. Well, yeah, because it's it's an everyday thing. But they don't think about how dangerous it is. Right. Because it's there and the government doesn't have a ban on it and it's in the store everywhere, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, and kids are growing up with it, like right there. Those cans of Budweiser, you're using it for target well, yeah, practice dude, that's after like a someone billion, finishes drinking it's it. It's a billion dollar industry. It's ridiculous. But people like to get effed up. Well, and like Mason, we can get you effed up safer. Like Mason was saying, I mean, I remember when I lived down there. I mean, the Budweiser plant is a huge thing. People go on tours. Yeah, for sure. All day, every day. I'd rather see like a a big giant grow. I saw a picture once of this thing in Amsterdam. It was like this big warehouse, and they were using it to grow mushrooms in. And, like, if you know anything about growing mushrooms, it was, like, a case. They case, like, this whole warehouse. Like, usually casings are, like, you know, yay big. (laughs) It was so crazy to see, like, all these flushes just boom. So what do you think of uh, what we're we're smoking on? (laughs) That's really good. It's really good, actually. Yeah. 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 Nice work. Thanks. Actually, D Bud is responsible yeah. for quite a bit of that. Yeah, Shit, yeah. He's got. He's got is, uh, stuff. Is that going to be available at the spot? There will be some. Yeah. Nice. Does it have a name? Oh yeah. Um, I believe it's Super Silver Haze. Nice. Yeah. It's very yummy. We got some uh, some comments in the chat. Ed Bland, I got three DUIs in my lifetime. Started drinking at eight. Got drunk at ten. Smoked at twelve. Not a boy. I've never gotten an MIP or DUI or DWI, like none of that. You know, you want to know what's sad is when I was like 13 or so, my stepdad used to let me take shots (laughs) of of liquor because he thought it was funny, like when I'd make a really grossed out face (laughs) and stuff. I mean, it's not nice. I, I got in less trouble for drinking than anything else that I did when I was a teenager. Yeah, I had a lot of friends that had uh, some problems with that. Not me. I saw what did my dad's like, yeah, it doesn't look like fun. I thankfully never, ever drank and I've never, ever gotten like totally wasted and endangered anyone's life. I was like, but those pills, those look like fun. That was the downfall. See, I I stopped drinking a while back because I know that I drink with a purpose <laughs> and you shouldn't drink if you drink that purposefully. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm one of those people where it's like, okay, this tastes good and I just keep going until I can't stand up. So I don't drink. I never liked the taste of it. It all tasted like isopropyl alcohol smelled to me and I was just like, ugh. Pot tasted much better. And it kept me much safer. Look at that. That that just goes to show you that from the age of 15 till 20, whatever, I was better off having had pot in my life than I would have been with alcohol because all of my friends, I, some of them died. 
I have had less problems since I stopped drinking. Jimmy One says, <laughs> drinking for a cause equals no fun next day. True story. Next day, fail. <laughs> yeah. I... That's terrible. Oh, man. Uh, and then I'm I'm embarrassed too the next day. I mean I'm even embarrassed about throwing up in the privacy of my own bathroom when nobody was there. <laughs> Holding I'm like, my oh, own hair my back. Gosh, what is wrong with me? It's you know. Horrible. And then stupid stuff that I would say, and I have never been like that after I've smoked. I've never sat there and been like, oh wow, I am so dumb. Justin Fan says I quit smoking herb for a year and died literally. <laughs> I worked for a beer company. They didn't exactly discourage drinking. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> How many dents did that forklift have in it? Yeah, right? <laughs> How many accidents happened? Yeah. Uh, Not this. They don't even have the sign anymore. It's just like a zero. Zero mm-hmm. days without an injury. We almost made it one day once. But then we got drunk, and you know how Billy gets when he gets to drinking. Mm-hmm. He took that then there forklift right through the door. I said, Billy, open the door first. Said the door is open. Anyway, so do you have uh, another story for we yes, wrap yes, this, I do, actually. this thing up? I mentioned it a little bit while we were talking about Mason. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, the Missoula County Attorney is actually looking to increase the um he, he's going to increase where marijuana is at on their priority list pretty much is what he's saying so decrease no he wants to increase the priority decrease of, the priority of marijuana because it's not a big deal right no oh he wants to increase it yeah and make because it a it's big a big deal. why um well, why are you, you making know, what's that saying he wants to stir the pot oh make some trouble um, Missoula County Attorney Fred Van Valkenburg. <laughs> Making boulders out of beans? Is that what the saying is? What's the saying? I can't think of it now. A mountain, a mountain out, out of, of a, a molehill? Mole <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good pot. Good job, good job guys. Mission accomplished. Yay! Um, has asked a Roundup lawmaker to introduce a bill that would override Missoula County's 2006 initiative making marijuana the lowest priority of law enforcement. Missoula County Initiative 2 is just bad policy, Van Volkenberg said Monday. Why should a local electorate essentially be able to override the state legislator? Republican Representative Tom Barry said he's requested that a bill be drafted to treat all state laws equally and basically to circumvent the law they passed in Missoula. Can you give me one good, solitary, sound reason why it should be a big deal? Like, can he? Can I don't know. I don't just because so. at state level yeah. we have different... They well, just, then at federal level, we have even different ones. So who gives a shit? They do. Huh. So if other local governments to were to follow Missoula County's lead on marijuana or other issues, say speed limits, Barry said that the next thing we know, we'd have just a bojangle of different laws applying in different places. A boj Really? A bojangle. Okay. In 2006, Initiative 2 passed with the support of 55% of Missoula County residents who voted, which 
is more than half. Yeah. The next year, Missoula County Commissioners, at the urging of Van Valkenburg, and despite vocal opposition, amended it to exclude felony amounts of marijuana. It was my impression that he was satisfied with that change, so what? I'm perplexed as to what problem he's trying to solve. What does that even mean? Fed- felony amount of marijuana? What does that mean? That means over... Um, for medi- I don't know. It's the felony amount that Montana has decided. We have an amount this much of marijuana. Is a felony, yeah. Really? That yeah. so? If you have more than this amount, it's a felony. But if you have less than this amount, what? It's not. It's nothing. No, I think everything's a felony. No matter unless what? you're a medical patient. I think all levels are a felony in our state. Other states, huh. it's not that way. Other states, smaller amounts can be misdemeanors. I thought that's what it was here. Mm. There's certain amounts that's misdemeanor. Maybe. I don't know. You, I and then don't, over that would be we'll the felony amount. We'll have to look up amount. our laws. Hmm. We should actually know our laws if we're doing Well, that. I don't know. I don't ever have I'm, to deal I with the police. I am disappointed in myself right now. Really? I'm, I'm not. I think I that's am. a good thing because I don't... I don't, you don't ever. Know. The only time I talk to cops is when I'm in rap and roll, and they roll in, and we have a conversation, and they're always cool and whatever, you know. Um, blum, bum. so that was uh, John Masterson, head of the Montana chapter of the National Organization for Marijuana Laws. Normal. The bill to be drafted at Barry's request would prohibit local initiatives from establishing priority of enforcement of state law. Van Volkenberg said it would be similar to legislation he saw in 2009. That proposal requested by then state Senator John Brigman. Sure. <laughs> Polson <laughs> never got past draft form. Van Valkenburg said he couldn't find a lawmaker to actually introduce a bill. But later that same year, the U.S. Justice Department announced it would no longer target medical marijuana for prosecution in states that had legalized it. In Montana, a statewide voter initiative approved the use of medical marijuana in 2004. Even though Missoula County's Initiative 2 didn't apply to medical marijuana, it came under greater scrutiny as the November of Montanans holding green cards and nearly tripled in a little over a year. Without a doubt, medical marijuana has really awakened people to the problems associated with marijuana, said Van Valkenburg, a former state legislator. I think lots of people thought marijuana doesn't really impact our lives and that we should kind of let it slide. I think yeah. they've seen that's not the case. I'd like to know who you're talking about. Wow. Well, at least somebody's on, on the good side. <laughs> right. So. So they're going to see. I don't know. We'll see. They're trying to get that before them so that they can maybe pass that. I'm going to pass this and then veto that. And then I'm going to just house this. And then I'm going to pee on that. And that's just how it goes when you're on the hill. So slowly. Everything well, is so slow. Yeah. Such a painful. You guys, watching you get stuff done on the hill is like watching paint dry. Slowly. Sometimes it has cracks in it. So, um, really quick, we've got time for one more. Did I you want to wanna... talk about this bill in Washington that they're going to... 
<clears throat> or did you have something else in mind? Well, I was going to see if this is apparently not going to load, so maybe not. Uh, apparently, Indiana is considering whether or not they should legalize marijuana to help save money there. Indiana? Yeah. Well, it would save money there. It would it save would. money everywhere. It would actually make money. Um, And I guess um, there's going to be, let's see, SB193 is tomorrow here. Go to leg.mt.gov to see what's going on in Helena to stay involved. Thank you, Heidi. (laughs) Yeah, and in Olympia, Washington, this is just cool, I think. A bill that would legalize pot, treat it similar to alcohol, is introduced to the House. Uh, It's the second attempt for the bill. First time it died in the Public Safety Committee last year. Uh... They say it's a good chance, of course, that won't make it out this year. But I think if you just keep putting it in every year, it's like when, when, never mind. So anything else before we get out of here? I am baked. That's no. fantastic. No, All right. that's everything. Email us info at hotboxpodcast.com. Hotboxpodcast.com, that's the site. Check it out. Uh, Facebooks and Twitters and YouTubes and all that good stuff. 406-204-4687. Thank you very much. Sandy, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And we'll see you guys. Oh, I don't even have a song. Oh, and thank song. you, Mason. Look at this. Yeah, Mason to Vert. That was kind of cool. Saferchoice.org. Absolutely. And Saturday will be live. Oh, yeah, Saturday, huh? If anybody has any questions, you can call 406-890-9667. Yeah, Heidi. If Heidi says no we should start a hotbox group on Facebook. We should do that. Someone should do that. We have a hot box group on Facebook, Heidi. Goodbye. If you like, you we, like this we, is where, this is where you, you need to, need to be. be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be.